0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: Welcome to another edition of Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by irishillustrated.com. I'm Pete Sampson, as usual, joined by Tim Priester and Tom O'Malley as we continue reading Brian Kelly in the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Season. <sighs> Stanford 17, Notre Dame 10, um, we could start with, uh, a verbal snit after the game with a Stanford assistant sub-strength coach, or we could start with Jerry Tillery's Twitter account or Jimmy Clausen's Twitter account, or we'd start with the game itself as Deshaun Kaiser's, man, his season is in full reverse right now, and while Brian Kelly defended him after the game and on Sunday, um... It's hard, of all the things that's happening with Notre Dame football right now, that is the hardest thing for me to get my head around is what is going on with Notre yeah. Dame's quarterback.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, he's going in the other direction. But I do agree with Brian Kelly in that it is, it's is—it's an accumulation of things. It's an offensive line that is not cohesive. It's a receiving core that doesn't have the experience and savvy that last year's Fuller-Brown-Carlisle trio had. Um, you know... I mean, I've said this a million times. It's never one thing. It is always a combination of things. Um, having said that, he's not throwing accurately. His footwork was all over the place against Stanford. I know he's trying to make a play under pressure. He hangs on the ball too long because he's trying to make a play to help his team win. Um, you know, Kelly said when he's holding on the ball too long, it's all those things. And I, and I, I do agree with that
0: when you watch the uh, the last play is kind of a microcosm of his last two games it's 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 tough to watch because there was Tory Hunter breaking open on a post. Not only was Kaiser not set did he not have his back foot set, but he already started looking around now the tackles got beaten Alex bars but bars recovered. bars would have protected him had he trusted him. McGlinchey was beaten too quickly to be Mike McGlinchey one on one in that situation, but I don't think the throw could have gotten away, and you could just see Deshaun Kaiser had no trust in the first read. His plan, his play after that snap was, when this breaks down, I'm going to run around and find somebody open, and that's not yeah. a quarterback that uh, is ascending or trusts his offensive line, trusts his receivers, or trusts himself. Well,
2: McGlinchey was beaten badly on the second and four, of the first sack in that in that sequence by Mike. Tyler, you familiar with him from Stanford? You could have made up any name that right there. That yeah. ferocious, that ferocious off the edge outside linebacker. And look, we don't follow Stanford. No. I'm sure he's a good football player, but I wasn't familiar with him. And when I saw that he beat Mike McClinchy so easily, it's you like, could have said Mike Pence. I don't I, yeah, that. right. Exactly. Exactly. I
1: mean, Notre Dame is on pace to allow 35 sacks this year, which is ridiculous. Amazing. Uh, that this is an offense. It would be the high of the Brian Kelly era by far eclipsing last year when they also weren't that good. And uh, the oddest thing I can say to that, sorry to interrupt you, is that he seems like he good pass protection once in a while.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would say <laughs> pass
1: protection is actually a relative strength of the offensive line compared to where they are as a run game. Uh, you look at Josh Adams in the season he's having, his yards per carry against Power 5 teams is down a full three yards from seven to just a touch under four. Offensively, they don't have any idea identity anymore, um, and it's it's just difficult to reconcile what's happening there because I think that we would all sit here and say their offensive coaching staff is pretty good to very good top to bottom, but what they're doing offensively, it, just, it's, it feels very grab bag right now, and it starts with the quarterback who, while it's not all on him, is pressing and pressing and pressing, and it goes back to something I asked Brian Kelly after the Michigan State game about... Is Deshaun Kaiser going to have to carry the team? No. Iro- ironically, he doesn't because the defense has improved quite a bit. Right. But he's playing like a quarterback who feels like he has to carry the I, team. I
2: do want to address Harry Heastan. and you know, in, in times like these, everybody's blamed, and of course, Harry Heastand has been as well. And I, and I think that's legitimate because I think. What we've seen since he's been at Notre Dame is he develops great individuals, but he doesn't doesn't develop great offensive lines. He's had a couple very good ones, but they haven't been great. Now, is that all Harry Heastan's fault? Of course not, because it's a run-pass philosophy that, that, you know, you can't press a button and be a power-running team just when you want to, and so the play-calling and offensive philosophy plays into that. The strength and conditioning philosophy probably plays into that
0: as well. I think it's... I think philosophy is number one to that end. They don't by they I mean Brian Kelly. They don't want four yards on a run. It's not enough. He First, doesn't. second and six isn't enough to him. Third and two does because of two four yard runs isn't good. He he won't he can't stick with it. It's not there. He just he won't that's not a thing. That's not the way he wants to approach offense. And sometimes that's the way you have to approach offense. I don't mean every that doesn't have to be your philosophy. You can be a passing no, team. No, but it's surely you can be a passing team; it's allowed. We have to throw that out there, but you have to be able to complement it with with a power running game.
2: That's what I mean. Didn't you feel good when the second half you're up ten yeah. nothing? The second half half starts. I think they get one yard on first down, but then Adams they ran Adams. Against, that that's yeah. what mattered. Adams <laughs> runs again and gets seven. So now it's third and two, and they run again and get the first down. You think okay. This is going right where you want it, and then Quentin Meeks goes fifty yards on the next play.
0: What was your comment? Do you remember your comment right before they passed for a fifty-yard interception touchdown? Uh,
2: you remember it? Yes. So tell me. That's what
0: Notre Dame football is supposed yeah, to, yeah, right. Like. right. Yes, yes, that's
2: it. That's yeah. this is what yeah. Notre Dame. Football, thank you for reminding me of this is what <laughs> Notre Dame football is supposed to look like. But then on the next play, we saw what it really looks like at the present time. Yeah, I
1: mean, you're, you're the fact Notre Dame is on pace for as many turnovers this year as 2014. When we viewed that as like wow. a disease within the offense and how much needed to be changed, well, it's it's back. They rank in not they're just outside the top hundred turnover margin for the second consecutive year. Kaiser has seven interceptions, I believe. He is on pace to throw more picks than ever Golson did uh, in 2014, at least in terms of picks per attempt. Every 27 passes, Kaiser with the for Golsan, it was every 30. Wow. They're 1-8 in, in their last nine games, and where in the spread is four points or less. They had won 24 straight games with a 10-point or more halftime lead. Last loss was Michigan in 2011. Um, I mean, that's why I wrote this, and I think we all feel this. Uh, Brian Kelly is trying to push every single button he knows. I think he's making up buttons to push at this point, and they're still not working, um, which I... He gets up there, press conferences, teleconferences, and he's fairly consistent about like, well, if we were getting blown out, then I would feel differently. I don't know if that would be much better than where they are because it's I've tried everything and nothing's working is basically the same thing you have no answers to get things back on track.
2: Yeah, I'd still rather have the... I like, mean, well, The yeah, difference is when people compare 2007, I mean, that team yeah. couldn't compete with This
1: people. is much more 2008-2009. Yeah, yeah 2009 yes. was my comparison because yeah. they lost. They played in
0: 10 games that came down to the last drive, either offensively or defensively. They won four of the 10. And here's the thing. They started out well in that regard. They were... Three and two, or two and two. They finished one and four at the end of that. And they the also the hammered Nevada. <laughs> yes, that was just exactly <laughs> better quarterback for that Nevada yeah. team, though. But um, you bring up the turnovers, and this is something that I don't
1: think gets talked up enough.
0: Twenty-six turnovers, probably the year that you're uh, targeting. Yes. Okay.
1: On our pace for twenty-four. This year. Remember how
0: bad that was in two thousand fourteen.
1: Oh, yeah, remember, that quite Do you
0: know that that wasn't the worst year under Brian Kelly at Notre Dame for turnovers? <laughs> it was 2011, right? Yes. And then they have 82. So there's seven years and there's three that are just ridiculous. Yeah, they yeah. have 82. 82. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, that's... Look, they that's, in a game. Yeah. That is the identity of Brian Kelly's offenses. They're going to turn the ball over a lot. He doesn't value that yeah. offensively. He says that he values it defensively in terms of forcing turnovers, which doesn't make any sense because the inverse must also be true <laughs> logically. Um but well, this is just what Notre Dame is, and this kind of goes back to my column a week ago where either get used to it or you already should be used to it because that's that stuff's not changing. So yeah. This is just like what the Notre Dame offense is going to be can under I- Brian Kelly, and if if the powers that be at Notre Dame say we cannot abide by this, then you have to move in a different different direction. If you feel like he can turn it around a little bit, that's great but he's going to have to do what they're already doing better opposed to do something entirely different. I think I
0: can sum up the season today right just with this scenario. If I accidentally submitted my post-game column from a different loss to Jack, I'm not sure everybody would notice that that was a different game I was talking about. That's how familiar it's getting right now. that's true. (laughs) It is literally becoming... This is one of those things of the trade where you're writing and you're you're writing the game story that's supposed to go up quickly, just so someone that didn't watch the game can come to your website and read it, because I'm sure that happens a lot. But so I literally somebody that turned off the game. Somebody that turned off the game. I was sitting upstairs, not going, you know, trying to get some stuff done, to instead of going down there on the field. And when Notre Dame got to first down at the eight yard line, I never once considered changing the tenor of the opening of my story, because I knew where that game was ending, and it was not in the end zone. That's how I feel about the team right now when I'm when I'm covering them, and I don't see. I know, I know. We talk about bowl games, and, and they're really they. Hey, listen, they have. Not, I'm, I'm the only one that didn't write this officially. They have. He has not lost the team. They are in it to win it. They just don't know how. I,
2: no, I agree, and I, I wrote a similar. Yeah. I mean, I had similar sentiment there, and similar to what you're saying, Pete. About get used to it because I, I don't. Do we want to address? I don't know if it's really covered here in, this, in the questions. Do we want to address in this segment the concept of, of firing Brian yeah, Kelly? Why because not? a lot of people the, want, um, a lot of people want to do that. I've written why it won't happen, or I guess you can say, I why I think it won't happen. Um, people don't care about that. They don't care <laughs> about the reality that that most coaches in these situations that have. Won at least eight games in six straight years, and have gone to six straight bowls, and have been to a national championship. And just won ten games last year. And and fifty five out of sixty one guys on the depth chart are coming back. Those are the reasons that athletic administrators don't fire head coaches, but fans don't give a damn about that. So, <laughs>
0: which is their prerog- their prerogative? As absolutely. Well. You
2: can no, be, I, you gonna no, be very absolutely. frustrated this year. If you're watching, what I. I mean, I think what people don't understand is we're telling you that yep. this is the reality of the situation. You're probably not going to like it, but in the real world, Brian Kelly, even in this situation, doesn't get fired yet. He gets fired after next year if you
1: have a similar type season. I would say, and this was the one of the points of my column, it is imperative for Jack Sorbic to start working on his list of next head coaches. Now, that doesn't mean you to pull the trigger now, but if they're not trying to figure out who would be a good fit next, they're making a mistake. Right,
2: because you pull the trigger after next year if this continues.
1: Yes. Now, with it considering the context of the season, like which is basically theater of the absurd, that would just be the next event in the theater of the absurd if there was a coaching change right. after this year. Right. So it's like, I don't, there's really nothing you can trust about Notre Dame football right now, which is a really bizarre place to be, but that's where we are. I mean, it's, it would be shocking. It would, I think it would be a mistake, but and it, and it could be Brian Kelly leaving for another job or it could be firing. I don't think either of them are going to happen, but just in the context of just all the bizarre stuff we've seen yeah. this year, it's, you wouldn't be like. Wow, well that really that really you, cut against the grain of this yeah, season I that was so predictable. Think, I mean I we haven't commented on the
2: Swarbrick Kelly relationship recently because that's a difficult thing for us to do. I've done it in the past when I when I knew that there were some issues. I can't say that I know exactly where that relationship is, but could I mean you could see um Where that could be an issue at this point, I I don't think it's going to be.
1: After I mean, eight months after a six-year contract. No, I I agree. I
2: I I agree. I don't even really know where I'm going with that. But (laughs) uh, I, I, you know, what I guess my point is when you say Brian Kelly decides to leave, you know, could could he be pressed about the things and react negatively to that and say, "I'm, I, you know, I'm I'm going to walk away from this then if you don't."
0: We just don't know. We I, right? I don't. You know? I don't. We just don't know. There's only one or two coaching. There's only, and these, these people aren't going to be asked to leave. But I mean, I think that a lot of people, I think that would have been a really good point if Van Gorder were still in tow. That could be the, all right, coach, clearly you have to make a yes. choice to uh, switch here. No. Yeah. <laughs> and then that's where it could have happened. And there's, there's that's not happening with that anybody else. It, did, that, it, if, it doesn't have a big enough change.
1: Yeah, I agree with that.
0: And for loyal soldiers, first of all, Mike Elston's the last guy in the world. <laughs> Clearly, you are going to be told to to replace because his defense, and that is his defense right now, has given up uh, how many offensive points <laughs> in his eight or, uh I think yeah, I said one. Two, uh, one, one two,
2: yeah, I think yeah, I said don't uh, put the safety on him. Yeah, don't, well, the two point two point conversion I guess, that's special teams, but I guess that goes against.
0: No. Yeah, that was special, I'll tell you that much. Oh, a well, run to the left. Well, wait, no, no it is defense because they, they lined up No, but my point was there's no fall guy for Brian Kelly to say, wait a minute, no, I'm not firing him. It, it doesn't exist anymore right now because Jack Swarbrick's not going to say something about changing your strength and conditioning coach around. It's not. Brian Van Gorder was the only sticking point between Swarbrick and Kelly in terms of yeah. drawing a line of the sand and saying, you have to do this. I won't do this. 17, That's
2: gone. 17 points have been allowed by the defense in the last 10 quarters. Yeah,
1: it's good. I mean, they they had a quarter, or a six quarter stretch of score, of uh, scoreless football. Yeah, and the last time that happened was the fourth quarter of the Music City Bowl through the first quarter of the Virginia game. Wow, it had been a while. So I mean, that's that's impressive and worth noting. I, I mean, I, I I like what's happening on the defense just in terms of. Fundamentally, hey, pretty good football. Right. They're playing. They're yeah. playing
2: faster. They're playing hard. They're rushing. The defensive line is rushing the pastor. Pa- passer with more. The passer? <laughs> rushing the passer with more. You know, I mean, they're coming off the edge. They're actually trying to to get to the quarterback, and I, they're tackling better. They're still not a. They're still not yeah, a real good still... tackling team, but they're tackling better. Drew Tranquil. I mean, I thought played really, really well against Stanford. I, that's why every time I sit down and watch the the game, um, individuals keep jumping out at me. So what you have right now is a bunch of individuals, and that's why they're two and five. I guess.
1: Yeah. There's no question. It's like I I think that they're they're tackling a little bit better, uh, but I I think most importantly, they the defensive line is playing a lot better, and it was. I think the quote that really kind of stuck with me from Saturday night, we were talking to Jerron Jones about, okay, what's what's different about the defense? Like, why is this why is this change so stark? Because it is, and it, you can, like, if you want to adjust for hurricanes and terrible Stanford offenses without Christian McCaffrey, that's fine, but it's still quite a bit better. And Jones said, this is his quote, we let it go. We're not afraid to mess up anymore. We're not afraid. We're always so tentative. We were always afraid that something bad was gonna happen no matter what we did. We were always afraid that we were going to make a mistake. Wow, there's a lot of afraids in there. <laughs> I mean that how how could it, that how was that allowed to be the thing yeah. for two and a half for more than two years Yeah, though? and it's like I mean Brian Kelly bit by bit, every time we talked to him about the defenses, well, I he admitted, you know, that we should have played more young guys first team reps in August. We should have played more guys in game situations. We're you know not trying to check eighty-seven things and trying to have an answer for everything, and I don't look. We don't need to relitigate right. why Brian Kelly kept Brian Van Gorder here for a third year, but it is remarkable that every time he talks about the defense now, it's like he wants no part of the first four games of the season at all. Well, and
2: they're doing all. They are doing all the things that he said he wanted to do. They're playing more guys. They're playing faster. They are tackling better. They're preventing big plays. They're doing all yeah. the things that he said they wanted to do in the transition. So that's why when I don't give a D or an F to coaching after
0: Stanford, it's because of what the defense the did. The defense against Stanford. played great. I mean, yeah. People got to remember the over for the relatively speaking, the, the over under was fifty five in this game. People expected more points. The yeah. defense rose to the occasion and played more than well enough to beat arch rival Stanford.
1: And yet, it was given away, and that's it's why the backbone remember.
2: of the team, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it has become the backbone of the team.
1: If they're in a, they're in a, a good way, there, I think, especially the young defensive backs. You know, they do they play great. No, do they have a lot of upside? And is there justified reason to be excited about it? Yeah, I think so. I think you gotta be excited about Julian Love after that game. Yeah, he had a great. My
0: goodness, real- game was, kept asking who it was, was. Was that Luke or Love? Wow, no, was that, it was, that was Love, Love and Luke. Had, Luke, he Luke seems had a really really good as game.
2: Well. And had a really good game. Martini Tranquil played well. Yeah. Tranquil played well. Martini, um, you know, made some big plays. Um, Jeron Jones as well. Jeron Jones was that. <laughs> see again, you come out of the game, and, and, Cage and it's like well and right. right game, yeah. It's like look at these individuals that are doing well, but they can't put all together. That's why they're 2-5, and five, and that's why they've lost five games by a total of 28 points.
1: Yeah, I mean, we're in a situation now where it's like you're, after the game, I think Brian Kelly got asked about Jerry Tillery's likes on Twitter on Sunday on his teleconference about some things about Les Miles and coming to Notre Dame. And, you know, I'm on the field watching him interact with a Stanford assistant strength coach, and the Stanford coach is mouthing off to him, and he's getting upset, and, David Grimes and Paul Longo are like trying to track him down. Um, you know, Jimmy Clausen is advocating that Deshaun Kaiser leave after this year because why would you come back if a head coach doesn't have any trust well, with you? I don't know. You just kept playing and left early, so nobody what's the freaking difference. Nobody would know
2: better than Jimmy yeah. Clausen, who spent three years here at Nording with one
1: foot out the door. Yeah, and then but then he backtracks that he says he really likes Brian Kelly. Um but that's just sort of the season Notre Dame's having right now. Um, these are the things that happen when you go 2-5 and five and are almost certainly not going to be playing in the postseason and probably don't want to end up <laughs> playing in the quick-lean bowl in Detroit anyway. So it's, um, that's okay. just where we are. But let me NFL just say, uh, as I said, <laughs> if, you,
2: if you find a way to finally win a close game against Miami, you're 3-5 and five playing Navy and Army. You still have a chance. There's always a chance. There's always a chance. <laughs> Winning a close game would
1: really help. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll wrap up uh, segment one on that before we dive too much into Independence Bowl versus Quackley Bowl uh, prospects and matchups. And we'll get a segment two questions with our readers next.
2: Segment two of *Irish Illustrated Insider*, burning up the boards. We start with J Law One, who asks, "What's the one thing you would try to fix on offense and defense for the rest of this year?"
0: Offensively, I would actually. Um, I think. I think they will too. I think they're going to follow a little bit of the post-buy 2010 plan and try and complement. The offense, try and compliment the passing game with a little bit more running. I'm being sarcastic. I don't think he's going to do it. I would run. (laughs) No, I would run. uh, When you said compliment, I thought you meant like, you guys are great. I really don't. This is a great passing game. I I would use more of a power rushing, not power rushing attack, a commitment to a north-south running attack to allow you to pass more from more advantageous positions so you're not passing in third and seven, third and nine, relying on Deshaun Kaiser, who's regressing. You have to run the ball more. You have Torian Falston, who looks rejuvenated. You have Dexter Williams. Josh Adams hasn't looked as good, but you have Josh Adams. You have a good offensive line coach. Why not protect your quarterback and run the ball a little more? I would, that's, the, what else can you do to fix the offense other than that? You're not replacing your quarterback. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, Kaiser, we talked about this, I think, before NC State. Unfortunately, it was totally debunked by the, the weather. But as a play-action passer, still, I mean, NC State was not great. But for the season, he's... 20-26, averaging about uh, 18 and a half yards per attempt. Yeah. That's... Um, that's where your offense is really good when you commit to the run. Maybe not to have success running. Just commit to it. Just to keep su- people from dropping everybody into coverage and that's when that's when they can have big plays.
2: Remember when Charlie Weiss said, and I realize that we, you know, he he doesn't form the basis of our uh, football philosophy from his five years in our name, But there was one thing <laughs> that he did say that I always agreed with, and that was that it's not it's not always how much you rush for, but how many times you run the football. Do you agree with that? I totally agree with I that. Mean, a I mean, thousand percent. Yeah, I mean, I, I that and, I, that the and the he was a big.
1: He was kind sort of one of the first like. Red zone offense is stupid. It's red zone touchdowns. Absolutely,
2: man. yeah. So those those two, two things. things that we would absolutely cling to. But I mean, and and that's what you're saying, Tim, is that yeah. you've you just sometimes if it's just if three yards is just not exciting enough, resist the temptation and go ahead and turn around and hand it to somebody. And when we say running game, I think we're talking those three running backs more than we're talking about Deshaun Kaiser. Yes, although yeah. he was. Yeah, His 32 and 49 yard God, run, those great, were instrumental and they were explosive.
1: You still lose games and that's your running game, right? Because right. you can't get
0: a 32 yard game it, for a quarterback in the fourth quarter all
1: the time. It's I okay, mean, like I'm okay with Deshaun Kaiser being basically the focus of your red zone running game. Um, and they should stick with that because he's really good and it's yeah. very hard to defend. He's and he got clicks seven, his heels now every time seven, he scores a touchdown. It's fun, hashtag fun. He's hit, I mean, he's got seven touchdowns on the year, he had, I think, 10 last year, yeah, yeah. That's okay. Um, it's it's the over reliance on him on the rest of the field, which they actually don't do that much of. Yeah, um, maybe they should do it more. I, I'm not really sure, but he's. It was just another reminder he's way more athletic than people I think give him credit for nationally, it just seemed to the pocket passer. Right? I was
2: hol- I, I really wanted to see Notre Dame's defense against NC State's offense in good weather because I really think that was going to be a really good challenge for them as far as fixing. Defensively, I mean, you know, we mentioned all the things that are going in the right direction. What can you add? Can you be a little bit more aggressive with your corners? What you don't add, I don't anything? add anything. I don't want yeah. to. add anything. Okay, but I'm just saying. Because the yeah. question is, what would you do? To, yeah, to, I, I would. You yeah. could you could add a little bit more with your corners, but I mean, it's they've really been they've really been limiting the twenty yard plays. They've done a good job of that. There there are still, you know, I don't know if it's so much run fits as much as the D line is not not getting the push and, and winning the one-on-one battles was they're not getting necessarily gash in the run game but there are there are some some running plays where um you know you're getting some big yardage so they're headed in the right direction
0: i agree and brian kelly once told us do the little things extraordinarily well keep doing that on defense don't do anything different do little things extraordinarily well brian
2: that was uh that was this year. Yeah. That was this year. Yeah, answer, he forgot right? about it. That was reminded. Right. Okay. Gr was... Irish fifty. You think uh, Brian Kelly will start to run the ball more to take pressure off quarterback to win games and start using more power running game with two tight end sets? I guess we could have skipped that since we just addressed that. Yeah. No. Uh, do, no. Do you, <laughs> well, the answer is no. The, the um, answer. Do you think no?
1: Yeah. yeah right. I mean they they have not really used a whole lot of two tight end sets this year. And I, for the first, I haven't charted uh, Stanford yet. I know they use some two tight end sets, including on the last, I think the last series on a play that got a little bit blown up, but they're only averaging three and a half yards per carry on two tight end sets. Now, a lot of that is they're in sure. third and two yeah. situations where three yards of carry is fine, uh, but that's just not a real, it's not an identity of the offense as it was a couple of years ago right. where you could throw out Nicholas and Koyak at the same time, mm-hmm. throwing out Smythe and Wisher at the same time is just not the same thing.
2: Wisher... Maybe a little breakthrough with Wisher on Saturday. I mean, he certainly seems like the more explosive player of the two. Uh, you know, I wouldn't count on it, of course. But, uh, you know, they targeted him in the back of the end zone. He almost made a – that would have been a tough catch. It would have been a really a really breakthrough catch for his yeah. career if he could have made that grab.
0: I think for the first time, or I guess the second time if he could last year, I'm not an advocate of the two tight end sets for Notre Dame. Their better players are – to bring in would be get Chase Claypool more involved. Yes, use your wide. Good you, lord, use your wide receivers. I mean, if if Equinimia is St. Brown, if you have to telegraph, they've been doing a little bit. If you got to take him out because he's not blocking as well, if you want to run the ball with somebody else out there. Do it. I mean, they they were bringing Miles Boykin a lot more than usual, and it's because they wanted to run the ball a little bit. But you need you need the threat of those guys on the field, man. I, think, I mean, I don't think there's much yeah. of a threat with the two tight ends right now.
2: I think you know? Miles Boykin has a you know a good future ahead of him, but. I, I, He's on the field and not Chase Claypool? Yeah,
1: that's strange. Well, I think I I am hopeful that that will be a bi-week mm-hmm. adjustment because Chase Claypool doesn't play this that position. Like when Miles I, was, No, I understand yeah, that. Like, I, that's why I, I that's, do. I understand that. So spend a couple weeks on that. Right. Um, or if, if you just want to keep Chase Claypool where he is and take away reps from Wisher and Smythe and you know, get him 10 to do 15 that. reps, that's fine too. Um, but, I mean, I... One of the lasting images of Saturday night, for me, will be they're going down for a potential game tying drive and chase Claypool's in and he doesn't know what he's doing, because he hasn't been repping it, right. probably. Right. Um, you know, it was just a little scatter shot, and he's still, he's still a player where if he doesn't know what he's doing, it's still really effective. It is. I mean, he's, he's just that athletic. I mean, next next home game, you guys go down the field and just watch him warm up in a tank top. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Great, really impressive. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Scan eye on Irish. Tim P., you say in your point after that Kelly will be back in 2017. I don't think that's been determined yet. If they finish 4 8 or worse, I don't think anyone knows what the administration might do with the Crossroads project opening next year. My question is would the administration want to deal with the negativity of bringing Kelly back? with the buzz of the Crossroads opening next
2: year. That. I don't think the Crossroads has anything to do with it. I, I, I really don't. And I really don't. I mean, to put a number on it, four and eight, I think it has more to do with with how they play. Has it been determined yet? No, of course not, because the season's not over. You want to take a bet? You want to bet on this? No. No, I don't. <laughs> no, I, wrote, I mean, I wrote, I wrote the same thing a couple weeks ago, I mean, that he's coming uh, back. You know, okay, for- I guess I shouldn't have said it with so much certainty, because I don't have a source that absolutely positively tells me that Brian Kelly is going to be back next year.
0: No, I'll back you up, because two weeks ago I wrote, Brian Kelly will be back next year, and on the board people got very
1: mad because I didn't cite a source. My source
0: is common sense. Brian Kelly is going to be back next year.
1: If Brian Kelly returning was a game against Brian Kelly not returning, Brian Kelly returning would be a a a 38-and-a-half-point favorite.
2: Now, you may disagree with that, and I understand a lot of reasons why you disagree with it, but we live in the real world, Okay. Reality TV is not reality. This is the real world. And in the real world, coaches do not get fired in this situation. As bad as it's been, I understand. We agree with everything that you're saying about how bad it's been. But in the real world, 99 times out of 100, this man does not get fired. If it happens next year, then you make the change. Right.
1: On the point of the Crossroads Project, I was talking to somebody in the admin yesterday because... I am interested in that as like a sidebar to it. Like you have really expensive suites to sell. Really expensive. Yeah. And I was told that they're actually really pleased with how that's going, that they're they're selling well. Now I've heard that that's maybe not true as well, but this was the update that I got as of yesterday from somebody who's not in ticketing, just to be clear, was like I think sounds like things are going pretty well there. There's the, a thing called buying
0: futures for wine. The yeah. wine will be really good in a few years, and I think that's what a lot of people are thinking when cheap. they buy those. Suits. And I also
2: think that there's a tendency to look at this as a fan, and then there's the people that are paying $50,000 a year for a suite. Okay? Those people Is that all? the per year. Okay. Per, you have oh, to yeah. pay it again the next yeah. year. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and they're beautiful yeah. too. They are. Those people don't look at Notre Dame the same way you do. Is football important? Absolutely. But Notre Dame, believe it or not, believe it or not, the University of Notre Dame is more than just football. It doesn't seem like it, I realize. But on the inside, at Notre Dame, people that give $50,000 a year and much, much more than that, there is more to the University of Notre Dame than the football program.
1: Statman 72. Stanford has allowed 82 total points in his previous two games. What did they do differently against Notre Dame to limit the Irish to just 10 points? There had to be something different, didn't there? I think Notre Dame
0: did something differently than Washington and Washington State, and that is Notre Dame is a one-dimensional offense, and that dimension isn't as good as Washington State's one-dimensional offense. Washington State is a pass only. Offense. Washington State threw for three hundred fifty-seven yards. Receivers made plays all over the field, all over the field, and turned catches into touchdowns. I think. what didn't Washington State go over four hundred? I thought Luke Falk threw for four plus. I thought it was 357, but, three uh, it was three fifty-seven. Yeah, but they no, they made plays everywhere. I mean, that's and then Washington, it was a different level. Brown, of yeah, Browning
2: didn't throw for. Browning threw in two hundreds, but you know when you said Pete in the pregame about. Kaiser's gonna throw for three hundred yards today. Yeah, and if you would have, and ones. if some, <laughs> right, it, I, no, but I, I totally agree with you. And if you would have said they're gonna rush for hundred eight yards in the first half, I definitely would have believed yeah. it because you figure that that was part theoretically, of Notre Dame is supposed to look like this.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Things change every time we're up in that. But press I mean, box. I
1: mean, <laughs> one thing Stanford did do differently is had its two best corners play. Yeah, which they wow. Did the two weeks before, but but still, oh, right. Right, Notre Dame should have been able to move the ball through the air. Though. I think it's more of a Notre Dame problem for that
0: question than it is a opponent specific situation. Totally agree. Totally okay, Irish
2: Bob, is Notre Dame at the bottom of the fall and can now work their way back up, or are we just on a Brian Kelly death
0: watch? I'll let you know after the um, <laughs> <laughs> Miami game, right? Because two and six is worse than two and five. Two and six <laughs> oh. heading into Navy is worse than two and five heading into a bye. If they beat Miami, they start working their way back up. Until, as Tim Priester says, it's twelve single Saturday, twelve seasons. I mean, Every Saturday is a new season because right. you beat you beat Miami. It doesn't mean you're going to enjoy getting hit in the back of the knee by Navy all game. <laughs> I mean, seriously, what what? There's nothing. But, I mean, it's, it, yeah. I <laughs> yeah, mean it, it's yeah. I mean,
2: on the outside looking in, it yeah, it's it, going to be a death watch. I don't think that right. Jack Schwarberg's doing that. But I agree with you, Pete, that you absolutely begin preparing. You're going to, I mean, what we're saying is he's going to give him another year or he will be here. That's what we year. think. I'd at least, at least another the Irish year. illustrated
1: editorial board right. is endorsing Brian Kelly for another year. <laughs> um, that doesn't mean that the Notre Dame admin should be like, well, okay, well, we're good.
2: Um, it also doesn't mean that we're, we're, we recognize all the issues that are going on here.
1: I, you know, in terms of, is they're at the bottom and starting to work their way up. We just don't know. I mean, we don't we don't know whether that will is going to give out. I don't think that we think that it will. But if it does, that would be the bottom.
2: The, yeah, the bottom is right. when you the, get blown out. The you will
1: the will would be two you, more losses. The will gives out. If you depends, have a if, if you end the season at USC the way you ended the season at USC two years ago, that would be the bottom. If you lose to Navy. Under any circumstance. And I want to
0: quote Jack Swarbrick at the last month of the Charlie Weiss era We did not see the loss to Navy coming. You lose to Navy in a two and five season, regardless if you beat Miami. The Death Watch restarts its momentum. It totally offsets beating Miami in yes, terms of yes, totally. keeping student body involved and not chanting so fire any, Brian any Kelly any anymore. It doesn't matter which Na- opponent. No, Navy. Navy. You cannot lose to Navy at this point. You cannot lose to Navy as a Notre Dame team that's two and five. Houston did. Are they two and five? No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's Houston also beat the daylights out of Oklahoma while Notre was losing to Texas. Man, the same they struggled weekend.
2: against yeah. Tulsa. They had yeah. they really had the battle. To you know build. who else
0: struggled against Tulsa once? <laughs> Chuck Darnay. <laughs> how can Notre Dame improve? How can Notre Dame improve its recruiting and player development?
1: Uh, I don't want to sound like Brian Kelly, but how long have you got on this one? Um, it's it's a complicated layered question, I think that the recruiting is actually okay um, right now. I think the the recruiting issues, and this is the thing about recruiting that I think sometimes maybe gets lost when people are talking about talent, the recruiting issues Notre Dame had were two years ago and three years ago. And those issues become real-world team issues (laughs) now. Notre Dame, to me, is not having recruiting issues right now. The recruiting is actually pretty good. I think even their freshman class, the recruiting for that, was pretty good. Um, you could even look ahead to 2018 if you wanted to, or that's pretty yes, good. Yeah. Um, even the sophomore class, you could say I think, pretty good.
2: So Mike Elson yeah. is coming through again for Notre Dame I in think, a different way. Yeah, I
1: think that his very organized personality suits the recruiting coordinator position very well. Um, I'll be curious to see how they close out, but this, this, these are the kinds of seasons that we asked Brian Kelly about recruiting. God, things are so bad. How are you recruiting? They've recruited just fine in worse conditions than this, uh, believe it or not. Uh, the, the class that signed in 2008 after the 3-9 season had Kyle Rudolph in it. Um, Mike, I think Mike Floyd was yep. in that class. They did just fine. Um, they'll do just fine again. I mean, look, there's Donovan Jeter is tweeting out attention Notre Dame commits, quoting Brandon Wimbush as like, stay on the bus, we're going to get this right. <laughs> I mean look yeah, Donovan the, Jeter is like the Wimbush he, has he's, the best and he's interest been them. here like one for one visit and he's all in on it. No. So the guys who have been here for five or six times
2: are way beyond that. The people that say and we've we've seen a lot of it that this recruiting class is going to collapse. That can certainly happen. Has there been has there been any evidence of that happening? No. No, and i, I like so you, you even, well, so you can even so you can so let's just say that, that it's happen. going to collapse even though there's no evidence of it. Recruiting classes don't collapse.
1: Like at Notre Dame, that doesn't happen. No matter what's going on on the, on game day, that that never occurs here. So this won't be the first time that occurs. You I mean, mean That's what I'm saying. So that's real world. Do you have a source yeah, on this? That's real yeah, world, too. All right. Yes.
0: Actual <laughs> happening.
2: People will still give $50,000 to come to Notre right. Dame. Recruiting has not... I mean, it's just... What what are we dealing with here? We, we deal with perceptions instead of reality.
0: Let's deal with part two of that. How can they improve its player development?
2: Yeah. Okay. Now, I mean, here's no, the, no, here's
0: no. The, yeah, here is the part. Where... Now, how long do you have? <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. I think player development. To me, I would, I would re-engineer the way Notre Dame thinks about guys graduating in three and a half years. I think that is not helpful to the program at all. Um, I don't know why they look at it that way. I don't think they should look at it that way. It's
2: hard to go back in the other direction once you've established that.
1: Uh they should figure it out.
2: They okay. should figure it out. Right. Um,
1: that that would probably be where I would start. I would. I would. Get away from this mentality that Brian Kelly is like. Well, we're going to be young. I mean, that's just we're going to be young. Like that's you don't have to that. I don't accept that as like. Well, that's just how it's going to be. Um, I would redshirt guys on the defensive line sometimes. Um, and I think part of the more four year plan, I would I would get to a point where Notre Dame, the institution, is comfortable with football players graduating in four full years or four and a half years, where to be a fifth-year senior, you don't have to graduate and then be in an MBA graduate program. So then you're taking fewer classes during the football season. You have more time. You're not getting into a situation last week where we're talking to Asmar Balal about how he got two hours of sleep. And Brian Kelly said, we had some guys that got one hour of sleep. And of St. Brown is saying, I was up till 2 a.m. studying. Like, instead of having four classes during the season... Could you do, you know, three and change, three and, like, elective? Could football count as athletic credit? Um, I just Especially think that the there, fall semesters. I just think in you can the take season, there's, there's better ways to do it, to not run yeah. your players in the ground.
0: Well, it's, I mean, for people are probably going to be up in arms um, about that three, taking three classes during the fall. But just to point out, you didn't have to go to summer school like they do. They are in summer school getting six credits every summer. It's not mm-hmm. putting them behind. When that happens, it's putting them on pace of a regular, everyday student. Yes. We're not advocating. It's not even special treatment. It's just getting even right. with regular students at Notre Dame. Right. They, do not, they can go home and do whatever they want in the summer. These guys are there with six credit hours every summer. So you're not falling behind. You're not making an exception. It's just common
1: sense if you want to and I, look, balance I would, things out. I would be okay if they made some more exceptions than they do for football players. Because they're getting their bodies beat to crap every day during the fall, and then trying to go to class and be like, okay, I'm, I'm on board, and I'm totally locked in to a class where everyone else here is a four- and a five-star student from their high school, and I'm, I'm just working my ass off to trying to make this
2: work. Did you ever have that feeling when you were sitting in a classroom in Nordam Because I sure as hell did. Irish Moore 5, does the Dame football program still have the allure to attract a top-level coach? Does the administration at Nordam scare away top-level coaches?
1: No. No, I don't, I don't know why they would scare away top-level coaches. So the answer to the first part is yes, and the answer to the second part is no. Um, if Notre Dame is going to pay its head coach 4 to $5 million, and they're going to give you the leeway to hire a defensive coordinator at $1.1, $1.2 million, I don't really know what more you want than that. You're flying private on all your recruiting trips. I realize that's a grind. you got a lot of miles to, to travel, but you're flying in private jets all over the place. It's it's still a really, really, really good job. I think it's a better job than when Weiss took it, and it's a better job than when Willingham took it. It's a better job than when Davey took it, and it's, it's right there in a, a top 10 type job. Is it the best job? No. Is it a top 10 job? Yes.
2: Oh, I read on our message board it's not even a top 20 coaching job. Okay. Again, reality <laughs> pops in here. I'll shut up about
0: that. Yeah. I'm sorry, everybody. Swarbrick for president.
1: Okay, all right, there you go.
0: Would you agree or disagree that the offensive struggles, for example, play calling, game planning in ZDZ State, and a lack of production against Stanford, are related to Kelly spending a lot more time on the defensive side of the ball? If you agree, what does this say about the offensive coordinators? (laughs) Well, it was interesting if you read
2: last week's Captain's Corner with Courtney Watson, he said, hey, one more thing. I think it's important that Brad Kelly gets back over on the offense because they need him a whole lot, you know, they need him there a whole lot more than they do on defense now that the thing has stabilized he said when Bob Davy was the head coach and he'd stick his nose in the offense and'd be like what's he doing he didn't know a damn thing about offense <laughs> they were right <laughs> uh and I don't and I don't know that it's quite to that extent with Brian Kelly but isn't it ironic that during this time the the offense has has slid backwards again NC State and the conditions had something to do with that but uh I do think it's important that he is there. That's his baby. He has good uh, coordinators, good leaders there. But it's a three-man team, and it's important that he is there. And
0: he will be back there. I I mean, I think going forward, he realizes it. He kind of acknowledged it without openly acknowledging it. He's in his realm of acknowledging that <laughs> the, the question's a good one and that we might right. be right on something. I think he's going to be back there. Yeah. Um, and I think you can trust Elston for what he's doing um, structurally and Colin Plays and Hudson for his role in there as well. Um, I think they're working great together. Think, you know, Elliot is sitting right next yeah. to, to yeah. Elston in the booth. I,
2: you know he's a wealth of knowledge. I think it's been very impressive. And, again, that's why I say when you're when you're
1: putting out a coaching grade, damn, you got to be a little yeah. bit impressed about what they've done defensively. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I agree <laughs> that Brian <laughs> Kelly should spend the rest of the season on offense. I think he'll spend the next two weeks on offense. And I think the offense... Will actually get better the rest of the way too. I mean, it's. I think he's spread himself pretty thin necessarily because the defense was a total disaster, and you know they, they made a huge change in the middle of the season. Now that you have a bye week, you can sort of get back to what you're good at, and I think that's coaching offense. And even if the Notre Dame doesn't get into a power running game situation, because they won't. Um, they can still be more efficient doing the things Brian Kelly likes to do. That's okay. So that's where I think things. More touches about. for Dexter Williams. Now I know he limped off the field. He did come the back a he after came a back. second. Yeah. He did come back yeah. in. Okay.
2: Yeah. Still, need it's good to see Tarion Folston.
1: geez, really, really looked fresh. It's completely different. Looking Almost back. wondered if he has been hurt all year. It, that's the like, way. It well, looks that's kind of sure. what I wonder yeah. about Adams. Like if he was, yeah, yeah. Because remember, we keep
2: person. coming back. That the first day we saw him at Culver. Yeah. He pulled up lame that day. And, and
0: then we didn't see him again in August, though we're not at every practice, but he was not in the
1: scrimmage action in August Yeah, either. good
2: for Tari and Folston. He looks a totally
1: yeah. different human being running around out there. Yeah. Who didn't look close to what we saw. Yeah, no question. All right. Well, that's it for Irish Illustrated Insider. We're going to take Thursday off, and we'll be back <laughs> mm-hmm. on the 27th of October, previewing Miami. Probably talk a little bit more recruiting on that segment. We'll you know, get Jake Brown in here to recap some of the Stanford visits and where Notre Dame recruiting is going from here but uh, until then everyone enjoy your bye week. Hopefully we do not need to have an emergency podcast next Monday so knock on wood on that. Uh, so until Thursday October 27th you can listen to Irish Resort Straight Insider. I'm Pete Sampson with Tim Priesters and Tim moment